Hello and welcome back to What Do You Know For Sure podcast with me, Anne Hughes. In this conversation, I'm joined by Yvonne Cuneo, who had actually met many years ago up at the Fintorn Foundation. Uh, Fintorn is one of my favourite places in the whole world, I have to say. And I saw that Yvonne was in Glasgow for... COP26 and staying very close to me actually and so I sent her a message and we decided to get together and record this conversation. Yvonne speaks so eloquently, so wisely about living a conscious life, about living from a place of knowing, about the soul of humanity, about self-compassion, about self-awareness. It was such a wonderful conversation and she actually also joined me for Ignite the Radio Show. So if you want to hear more of what Yvonne is saying, then please join us over on my Mixcloud, again searching Anne Hughes Ignite, and you will be able to listen to more of her chat there and also hear some of her song choices, which were exquisite, exquisitely joyful, I think is how she described one of them. So enjoy this conversation. Yvonne, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It's such a pleasure to be here in Glasgow. Yes, we're in Glasgow and this is part of the COP26 podcast. Oh, wonderful. That's why I'm here. Exactly, and that is why you are in Glasgow just now. So thank you so much for making the time. And I am excited because we are doing this in person, the second only of all my podcasts that has been in person. Very exciting. It is exciting, it is exciting. So tell us a bit about you. Oh, I'm Australian, as you can hear in my accent. Uh, I left 40 years ago. I've lived all over the world. And the last 21 years, I've lived in Scotland. Yeah. Uh, my grandfather was Scottish. Mm-hmm. I've climbed all the Munros. I'm a Highland dancer. Uh, so quite nice that I'm back in a way. Uh-huh. And I've lived at Fintorn, worked as part of the Fintorn Foundation, yeah. uh, live in the traditional village of Fintorn mm-hmm. on the end of the peninsula there. So very involved with the expansion of human consciousness, eco-matters. Yeah, it's all linked anyway. Yeah, so 21 years in Scotland. Yeah, and while you don't remember, we did meet in the Fintorn Foundation once, I think maybe six, seven, eight years ago, maybe. I can't quite remember. But uh, yeah, Fintorn is a huge place in my heart. I do remember. You were wanting to do things in Glasgow and do... I do remember, you actually. Do remember now. Oh, yes, I was I going remember. to say, I'm not usually that forgettable of No, no, I do remember. <laughs> That's great. So I know that when I asked you, and I realised you were in Glasgow, and I asked you to join me on the podcast, you were excited about the question. So Yvonne, tell me, <laughs> what do you know for sure? Yeah, what do I know for sure? Well, I know that I'm more than this body. Mm-hmm. I know that life is a mystery. Mm-hmm. I know that... Well, especially being here during COP26, you know, and feeling I just came from the youth march mm-hmm. and such power and just life force there. You know, yeah. I know that we all have a life force, which is actually one life force, that mm-hmm. there is a unity to life, that, that everything is energy. And so there is an, an interbeingness, as Thich Nhat Hanh would say. Mm-hmm. I know that. And I know that there's this this web of sort of knowledge because I've had well what we would call guidance some people call it intuition but for me it's stronger than intuition I know that when I know I really know Mm. like when something drops in it seems like it comes out of left field I know and that's happened three times in my life and the first time and, and it's it's irrefutable 
And when people say they believe stuff, oh, I believe this and I believe that, I go, no, 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 I know, I know. Mm-hmm. You know, belief for me is a little bit less sure somehow, yep. but knowing. And so I I came to the Fintom Foundation in 2000. I'd been and done Experience Week in 92. Mm-hmm. I came back to decide between two men in my life and I just thought, oh, I'll get some quiet, I'll do a program. And I was listening to a tape by Eileen Caddy, one of the yeah. co-founders, and I had also been living a very affluent expatriate lifestyle all over the world. It was wonderful for a while. And then I felt like, oh, there's got to be more to life than this because I, I have talent and I have life force and I'm not using it. Yeah. And so she talks about a plant and the roots are too big for the pot. Yeah. And as soon as she said that image, it was like a, a lightning bolt went through my solar plexus and this information, I didn't hear a voice, this I can't even explain it. The word gnosis, this instant knowing, happened. And and the knowing was, this isn't about the men. This is about you. You need to come and live at Fintorn. You'll be here a long time and you will be a staff member. Holy moly. Like that was so not expected. Mm -hmm. Where did that knowledge come from? But that I was sure that that was true. And I went back to The Hague where I was living. I packed my bags and within... I was back at Fintorn on the 2nd of December 2000 and I've been there ever since. Now that is knowing. That is what do you know for sure. I knew for sure. Whether I wanted to obey that or not, I knew that that was right advice. Yeah. And so so I also know for sure that we can all access that somehow. And, I mean, I I had been sort of invoking that I wanted to know what I needed to do with my life. Yeah. But I didn't expect something to come so from left field. And in a way, if I had ignored it, then there's no point in this knowledge coming. So I don't know whether other listeners have ever had moments like that of such strong yep. knowing. I think that we all do, and it's a journey that I'm on just now with a great uh, teacher. I don't know if you've heard of Michael Neal, and he talks about the three principles and about things just falling in, and it's always there. There is always a higher influence, a higher in, um, intelligence, a higher mind that is always going to drop things in. And he told an interesting story the other day about doing a talk to his publishers, trying to pitch for his book. And he said when when surveyed uh, people who had got divorced knew when they were walking down the aisle, the percentage, I can't um, remember what it was, knew. Yes. And as he's told that anecdotally, the publisher burst into tears because she was engaged to the wrong man and she knew it. And I think there's that, that we all know. So I say this to my friends when they ask for me advice. Well, what do you think you should do? Yeah, yeah. Because of course you know what you should do because I believe we all have our own inherent greatness. How do we, I suppose, how do I I find a a journey I'm always on with people to try and get them to listen to themselves? Yes, and it's how do we navigate into that place? And there was a brilliant workshop I did once and – Somebody asked me a question and I said, I don't know. And then they said, well, what would it be if you did know? Yes. And suddenly I knew. I see that. My kids drive them mad. And there's another, fant- there's another fantastic question. What are you pretending not to know and why? Whoa. What are you pretending not to know and why? And, yeah, it's stuff about relationships. It's stuff about money. It's stuff about jobs. It's stuff that we sort of don't want to know because it's going to upset our lives. It's going to disrupt things that are sort of like, oh, we're, I'm in my comfort zone to a degree. I don't want to disrupt that. Yeah. But you see, 
But I also want to say that while there's this absolute knowing, I also know that it's great to take risks in life. Mm-hmm. So there's this sort of knowing and, and in a way, in a, in a way I wasn't taking a risk by coming to live at Fintorn because the knowledge had come so irrefutably. But in another way, it looked like a huge risk. I was leaving a very financially secure uh, life, which had a lot of whoa, interest in it, and I was coming to this place with no knowledge of how that was going to be or, you know, how I was going to support myself or what. So it was, but it was really, so I would say I also know for sure that risks are worth taking and life is meant to be lived and not hiding in my comfort zone and and that life unfolds. Yeah. You know, you can have a five-year plan, 10-year plan, I'm heading here, but if you don't, if you're not ready to course correct or completely jump out of that at times, then life can be a bit little somehow. And it's, yeah, it's fascinating when you talk about it in relation to Fintorn because I am such a huge love Fintorn as we're sitting in my living room, which is surrounded by pictures of Fintorn <laughs> because it is literally my favourite yeah. place in the world. But Peter and Eileen and Dorothy, who set up the Fintorn Foundation, it wasn't really their plan if I'm if no, it was and they not ended up there and they just had a knowing their caravan broke down there and then things just started turning up and they just were taking that higher guidance, whatever anybody wants to call that. We don't need to if it's God for you, that's good, if it's spirit, if it's universe, whatever. But they were just taking that guidance. So do you feel as if, Yvonne, that you are living a guided life, therefore? Ooh, interesting question. Yeah, because I mean at any moment, we have decisions to make all the time. Uh-huh. And what what makes me go one way or not the other? I mean, the bigger ones, it's easier. The bigger decisions, it's sort of easier. Well, I was guided to come and live at Fintorn because the little Yvonne, the ego Yvonne, would never have chosen that. I thought uh-huh. I was the last person to come and live in a spiritual community, but it yeah. was absolutely right. But a guided life, Wow. Ooh, this brings up the whole reason I did philosophy at university, which was the whole thing about free will and determinism. You know, like Eileen... You could be guided your life yourself, though. But, I'm not yeah. suggesting it's something no, no, no. But Eileen would say that we always have a choice, and, yeah. and that's something I'm sure of too, that we always have a choice. We have a choice in how we respond to things. We may not have um, control over what happens, but we definitely have a choice about how we respond and I know that for sure. But, yes, a guided life. Well, what I'd prefer to say is a conscious life. <gasps> like a life. Much that. better, much better. Uh-huh. Yes, I would like to think I live a conscious life. But, of course, my reactive um, default patterns kick in mm-hmm. still. You know, I can trace them back to, oh, God, even why are you like that? Why are you so critical? Why are you this? Why are you that? Oh, yeah, look back at that. Poor little Yvonne, you know, sort of. Um, yeah, so I would say my aim, and I would say the aim of everybody who lives at Findhorn, and ho- hopefully everybody in the whole world, our aim is to live a conscious life, yeah. to take responsibility for our stuff, to 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 be compassionate to self yes. as well as to others. Mm-hmm. And to for me, I also know for sure that self-awareness is one of the most important things, that we're all on a journey and we need to be aware of our light and our shadow and we need to take responsibility for it. And I, you know, all we can do is look after ourselves, like Eileen always says, start within. 
Yeah. If you want to do something about the world situation, start within. Because when when each of us has a consciousness of, I think it's something like love, harmony, harmony, unity, and peace, then the whole world will change. If everybody did that, yes. then the whole world would change. And having just come from this march of the youth of today saying don't mess with our future there was this little girl with a placard and it said look after me (gasps) so powerful look after me and also I don't know whether you saw that amazing panel that Christiana Figueres held with the CEO of Shell and a young activist and she left the stage I mean it was very powerful message she said I am not sharing a podium with you people, you know, somebody who, a company that's done such evil things in the world, I'm, I'm leaving. It's like, whoa. And this tension between business and youth, you know, the old system, blah, 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 and this, the youth, there was like a, a placard that said, you'll die of old age, I'll die of climate change. Mm. And that, that, of course, also made me think of your question. I know for sure this body is going to die. And that's a, a good thing to be aware of yep. and to not leave things till tomorrow, to not say the things to the people I want to say things to. So mm. for sure, live for today in a way, consciously live for today, I would mm-hmm. say. And see that conscious life and I love how you got from guided life to conscious life. Yeah. Because I think we can, we can reflect, you know, in my mid-40s I can reflect that, oh, my goodness, that went fast. How long of that I've been very conscious of my decisions for at least the last five years, I would say, but probably a bit longer. But I'm very conscious of the fact I'm not here forever. If I want to have an impact, if I want to do this, if that's not right for me, if that going down that path is the wrong path. So I very much I feel as if I am consciously living. Do you think that that was something that came to you with age? Is it something you've had for a long time? How long do you think you've been on that conscious living? path? Uh, I think because aspects of my childhood were quite difficult and I studied psychology and philosophy at university along with English and history. But I was, I've always been interested in the human condition. I've read a lot. I've read a lot of books. I love Mm. literature and poetry, drama. And so the whole human condition, you know, Shakespeare, the questions he asks to be or not to be, you know, something (laughs) as simple as that the glory of humanity and yet the nasty meanness of humanity. Yeah. And I've, and of course I have both of those inside me. And so I've always been curious. And then as I got older and I looked at my own traumas, because I do think there's a lot of individual and collective trauma that are not addressed. As I looked at that, I had to become more self-aware. And so there's a sort of an emotional literacy that's very important, I think, with each of us that we don't bullshit ourselves, basically, you know, that we, we're very clear about our flaws. I call them foibles. I'm, I'm more loving about my faults these days. I call them foibles. Yeah, so I think as I and, – and particularly coming to Findhorn, I mean, you know, we're, Findhorn is about holding a space really, a safe, loving space for people to come and – to heal, to feel their true life force, to to live their life as a, a conscious life, to live yep. a conscious life and to understand that there's much more going on than the physical them. You know, we have an inner life. I mean, wouldn't that be great if that was taught in school, that mm-hmm. you have an inner life 
and emotional literacy and how to relate to people in a skillful, loving way, how to love yourself, how to be compassionate with and self. And it's so interesting because the reason that a lot of my journey over the last five years is because I did have a brain injury five years ago, brain aneurysm, and was obviously very poorly and had operations and on death's door and everything. And when I was recovering, I understood very early. I already had visited Fintorn many times and been on this journey for a long time that the internal conversation was the only one I was having because I couldn't speak for a while and I couldn't walk. And there's a lot of things that I couldn't do. And I was so aware of this internal voice and this internal two-way conversation I was having and how important it was. And I was immensely kind to myself. And Aww. that's continued. And so I always am now. And I think, how did I ever do life without this internal beautiful my inner life is very good is what I would say and I think most people aren't appreciating that when your inner voice is demoralizing you is destroying Mm. you every day about how you look what you said what you did how you showed up there who you're married to what job you're doing that it's you need to fix it in there first don't you yeah and you know what the pandemic the gift of the pandemic to me was that I was kinder to myself than I've ever been and in a way it just brought on lots of tears. I would lie in bed in the morning and and sort of cry in some, it's like the child Yvonne was present because I was being kind with myself, sleeping in, not doing so much. I think people's lives sort of became less hectic yeah. and it was a huge gift. And I, I asked people, what of, the, what of your life during lockdown do you actually want to keep? Uh-huh. What did you find out that's actually very important? And that's what I found out. And I think, yeah, I mean, I I wish that this thing about self-awareness, I know for sure that we do need to be more self-aware in relationships with other people. Yeah. And uh, more honest with ourselves and to own our stuff. Yeah. And and to just name things, you know, just name what's going on and don't sweep things under the carpet. Yeah. That's really important. So that's also... I know that for sure. And, I, you know, the little things are really big things, actually. You know, these the little things about ourselves. You know, why? Why did I react like that? Why am I feeling angry with that person? To, like, ask the questions to myself. But, yes, the, the inner life, and going back to the inner life, I just want to say, as somebody who's quite fast-moving, fast-speaking, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm, like I have a lot of energy. Yep. I can't overestimate the quality of being still. <clears throat> and it doesn't have to be sitting still. It can be walking. It can be dancing. But there's a stillness inside, which is the essence, I think, of who we are. I mean, I know that for sure, mm-hmm. that the essence of who we are is this, is a love and a light. And, um, yeah, to, to nurture that. Yeah, we. It would do us all good to nurture that more. Mm-hmm. This this softness, this essence. Yeah, a sort of loving kindness. Yeah, as the Buddhists say, the loving the loving kindness. I know for sure that's what the world needs. Oh, certainly does. <laughs> and I want to take you back because I know you you have come here straight from the youth march. Yes. in town, and you're speaking so beautifully about young people, and I think so often. The dialogue about young people is that they don't know they're alive. They don't know what it's like. <laughs> they're all self-interested. You know, all the criticism of the youth, which I'm sure is eternal, that the youth have always been criticised within society. 
But the way you speak about them, you know, we talk about us being on this journey and we feel awakened and we feel as if we've got it in our lives. But that's not something that everybody gets to in their life. Whereas it does seem, doesn't it, as if the youth of today are actually much more switched on than I was when I was young. Yeah. Than you were than you were young, perhaps. Therefore, does that make you feel optimistic about what the future of this planet is going to be, whether we're here to see it or not? Do you, do you feel optimistic after being on that march today? Yeah, I've, I feel optimistic. I think, and it isn't just the young. In a way, I was on another march the other day, which wasn't just the youth. Uh-huh. I feel optimistic that people realise they can't necessarily wait for the government or for legislation. But, of course, let's send lots of love to the leaders and expect a miracle and also just get on with it. Like I was in a net zero Scotland morning and the businesses were just getting on with it. It was so inspiring to hear about small and medium-sized Scottish businesses getting on with it yeah, and not trying to offset their carbon, just going, no, we're not going to emit We're on the path to not emit. We're not going to be like the big companies that say, oh, well, we'll just plant some trees. You know, it's like, no, that doesn't really work. So I do feel that we could do it. I do feel that we could pull through this. Mm -hmm. And it was wonderful because David Spangler, who was at Fintorn in the 70s, he has a lot of contact with subtle energies. And the subtle energies are saying, tune in to the soul of humanity. Don't so much tune in to COP, which is, which is a a focal point for the soul of humanity to bring all its creative possibilities into being. And, and of course, COP26, the the web that it's casting all over the world and that people's energy is here focused on it, it's a wonderful um, enlivening focus, COP. But he said, attune to the soul of humanity and know that we have the capacity to change, we're very creative, I just love that phrase, the soul of humanity. Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful. It's like, whoa, and that it that it's overlighting this this summit here. It's overlighting this summit, f- pregnant with possibility. Oh, it feels so expansive. I just imagine this golden light. Yeah, and I do think that the young people are more aware than I was at their age. So I do think that there's hope, hope in that. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. You're very welcome. Hello and thank you for joining me on this episode of What Do You Know For Sure podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can do that across social media by searching and Hughes Ignite. If I refer to my radio show and the podcast, you can catch those on my Mixcloud. Again, just searching and Hughes Ignite. And if you or anybody you know want to answer this question with me, please do get in touch. Just go onto my website, anhughesignite.co.uk and fill in the contact page at the bottom and I'll be delighted to have this conversation with you too. Thank you.